Welcome to the Photography Q&A podcast. Hey, how's it going? I'm Andy Jones and this is episode 18 of the Photography Q&A podcast. And today we have another call in. This is from Manfred down in Miami, Florida. Yeah, I have a question. It is, what is the difference between on and off camera flash? That is my question. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Manfred. Wow. Yep. Another real call there, people. Yep, that was real. Okay. So what is the difference between on and off camera flash? Well, it's a bit obvious in the question. So the answers are already there. But on camera flash is mounted to your hot shoe on top of the camera. And off camera flash is positioned away on a light stand. Or it doesn't even have to be on a light stand. But your flash is away from the camera and is set off by a trigger attached to the camera. Or it could be triggered by the light from another flash. The hot shoe is the metal fitting on top of the camera where the flash mounts on. It just slides in and you tighten it with a little ring at the bottom of the flash. There are contacts on the hot shoe that communicate with the flash or whatever accessories that you mount on it. When a flash is triggered by the light from another flash, it's called slave mode. If you have two flashes, you can trigger one of the flashes from your camera. As you take a picture, the trigger will set one of the flashes off and have the second one because it's set to slave, it will also flash. You won't be able to perceive that it was just a millisecond later, but it will be triggered. In fact, you can have as many lights as you want. All you need to do is trigger one light, and if all the rest are set to slave, they will all trigger at the same time. Now, this is useful when you're doing, uh, say, you're doing real estate photography. You'll see all these beautifully lit kitchens that they're taking pictures of. Behind the counter or an island, they'll have a flash set up behind there. In doorways into other rooms, they'll have a flash set up in there. And they'll have one flash by the side of them, maybe on a stand or out of picture, shooting into the room and lighting everything up, maybe hitting the ceiling and lighting everything up. So when they take the picture, one, the light at the side of them will flash and all these other ones in hidden spots will all flash together and you'll have a perfectly lit room. So that's one of the big pluses of them. Now, before I get into this, owners of Canon entry-level cameras like the T7, the T100 and the SL3 need to know something. For some reason, Canon decided they were going to mess with the hot shoes as a way of making you buy what they want. They removed the sync contact. So if you look at um, if you look at the hot shoe on your camera, there are four little contact points, and then there should be a big round one above them or below them, depending on which way you're looking at it. The big round one on these models, the T7, the T100, and the SL3, is gone, and they have developed something with their flashes that will still work. It will still sync, meaning that it will um, the camera will control the light that comes out of the flash. By doing this, it stops you going out and buying a third-party flash, and the only options you've got are buying Canon. The problem with that is camera-branded flashes like Canon and Nikon, they're top-of-the-range flash, just crazy expensive, sit around the $600 mark. And maybe if you're looking at real estate photography, you might be looking at getting two or three flash units. It's going to get pretty expensive. So around the $600 mark is, I think, it's just ridiculous, especially if you just spent $450 on a small camera body to get started and you think, oh, I need a flash to do portraits. You're spending more on the flash than you are on a camera and it just seems stupid. But there is a way to get around this. There's a company called Godox, G-O-D-O-X. You'll see them on 
Amazon, well, you see them everywhere and they're a really good quality flash. They've really turned the market around big time. Um, all the options you had apart from branded ones like Canon and Nikon before were, they were okay, but they didn't give you all the bells and whistles that the, uh, the branded ones did. But now these Godox ones really do. They're excellent. The best option for shooting off camera is the Godox TT600, TT600. And you need to get a trigger to go with it. And the one that you would like if you were a Canon shooter to get around this problem is the XT, sorry, X2T-C. The C stands for Canon. This mounts on top of your camera and you take the flash away. You can go up to 100 yards away. Someone has a tent set up in the distance on top of a ridge and they are doing a nighttime landscape picture and inside the tent is a flash. They take the picture, the flash goes off, so you get this, it's a landscape picture with a tent in it that's all lit up like someone's in it and that is done with a trigger. Now the problem that you're going to come up with if you're a Canon T7, T100 or SL3 owner is that you can use the Godox but it has to be manual settings on the flash which it sounds like another learning thing but it's really very easy. Um, it just stops you from using TTL which is through the lens metering. When you use TTL like I have a Canon flash, I pop it on top of my camera. It senses the, it meters the scene and it sends a message to the flash, which gives the exact correct amount of light. And for weddings and stuff, it was unbelievable. I loved it. But when you're getting creative, you don't want your camera deciding how much light you want to decide yourself. You can see what you want. So the fact that it will only work manual on those cameras is a good thing. Don't think of it as negative. Now, you can use it manually at a distance away from your camera. If you want it on the camera, the best way to go about it is use an L bracket. Oh, the one I've got is more of a C. It screws to the bottom of your camera where you would mount your tripod plate normally. There's a screw hole at the bottom of your camera. It mounts to there and it comes up around the side and it has brackets on it. Well, cold shoes, they're called. Uh, which is the same as a hot shoe. It's the same shape and everything. So your flash goes in, but there's no contacts on there for any communication. It just sits in there and locks so it doesn't fall. If you use one of those, it would be your flash would be in the same position as working on a hot shoe. So you can use it as a, a basic flash. Okay, so we've covered the uh, Canon hot shoe problem there. So let's move on to everybody else. On-camera flash we'll deal with first. So when you mount your flash on the camera, don't make the mistake that everybody makes first time and they bring the flash head down and they point the light straight at the subject. This is going to create really harsh light and possibly the dreaded red eye, which you don't get if you use your flash properly. You don't ever bang naked light from a flash straight into someone's face. It'll be brutal. And the, you'll see how harsh it is by looking at the shadows in a photo. If they are dark and have a sharp edge, that is hard light. That's harsh, harsh light. What you want is it to be fluffy. You can't see where the shadow ends. It all just merges in. That is a soft light. Just a heads up, the hardest light that we know is sunlight. Now, if you take a flashlight and, and uh, put a screen in front of it, like the umbrella that I'm going to be talking about soon, you can put a flash on low setting within 18 inches of, of someone's face, take the picture, and it looks just like the light has come in through a window. And it's very soft light because you, you are controlling it and you can back it off. But yeah, direct sunlight at noon is hard light harsh light and you want to go for very soft light 
All right, so we got that out of the way. All right, so most photographers don't point the flash straight at someone's face because it's too hard. What they do, they bounce it off a ceiling or a wall because you, your flash head rotates and you can point it in different directions. So what you want to do, if, you, if you're looking straight on at someone, you're going to tilt your flash forward slightly, aiming at the ceiling and take the picture and see how it goes. And it, I guarantee you it'll look way better than if you point it straight at it, straight at the subject. Because what you're going to do, it hits the ceiling and it keeps spreading. So you get a white, you're lighting the area, not just the, the subject. Now I use a, a diffuser on mine. It's the cheapest, nastiest little omni-bounce diffuser. It's called a Stofen, S-T-O-F-E-N, Omni, O-M-N-I, dash bounce. And it's a diffuser. It just slides on top of your flash. So what it does, it extends the head of your flash out maybe an inch. It's made of translucent, like frosted plastic. And when the light hits it, instead of going forward, part of it goes forward, but it it comes out the sides as well. It loses most of its direction. A lot of it does come out straight out the front, but a lot of it comes sideways. So it's lighting, it's, it is lighting the area a lot more. I still aim it at walls and ceilings because all you're doing, you're lighting the area up and it works so well. I looked the other day and it, they were about 20 bucks now. When I bought them, I think I spent $10 and I got a six and I'm down to one. I've sat on them in the car. I've stepped on them in the bedroom they hurt, by the way, if you step on them with bare feet. They're just plastic, cheap. Um, look around. You probably get them cheaper than 20 bucks. But even at 20 bucks, it's well worth it. They are amazing little things. Like, I, I use this through weddings. I started off shooting um, natural light because I was scared of, of using a flash. I didn't know how to use it. And I thought, I can't go into someone's wedding and screw up. In the end, I, I always had a flash. I just didn't like using it. So I educated myself. I did a, a little course online and it showed me everything I needed to know. And I used one of these little Stofen things for the first time and it just changed everything. Everything changed with my wedding photography. The pictures weren't as grainy. They were just beautiful. They worked out really good. I know it works, so get out there and get one. All right, so that's on-camera flash. Just a heads up on, on camera flash. You've got to think about where your light is coming from and it is coming from the axis of the lens, which is not always what you want. You want light to come in from the side, you know, that kind of thing. So let's have a look at off-camera flash. Anyone who's going to be shooting portraits or headshots, you need to learn how to use your off-camera flash. You really do. This is an area of photography that allows the photographer to get really creative. There are no boundaries here. Like, I've been on some websites where the top guys around are teaching techniques and the week after one of the students posts a picture the two guys that were running the the website who are big names couldn't believe how good this guy was and this guy had been shooting for about six months he just went with the idea and he ran in a different direction to they to the way they did and uh, ended up with incredible pictures you can reinvent the wheel if you want using this because none of us think the same putting flashes in different positions you can get some really neat pictures so to get started, you need a basic one light setup. And that's going to include a flash, a trigger or transmitter. I like calling them triggers. A light stand, a translucent umbrella. Now, these are also called shoot-through umbrellas because they are translucent. They allow light to pass through. And an umbrella flash bracket. So this bracket is important. You can't get away without it if you're using an umbrella. All right, so let's start with the flash and the transmitter or trigger. 
The best bang for your buck, like I said earlier, is the TT600. Uh, it costs approximately at the moment, this is August 2021, about $130. And that's with the X2T radio transmitter. It fits all brands of cameras, but if you shoot Sony, Sony did something with their hot shoe also that screwed things over. Uh, you All you have to do with that is order the TT600S for Sony. The X2T trigger is manufacturer specific. So it's like an interpreter. So if you shoot Canon, you need to order the X2TC. Nikon is the X2TN. Sony has an S on the end. Panasonic has a P. Fuji has a, an F. All right. If you already have a flash, if it's a fully automatic one, you need to buy a flash that allows you to shoot manual settings. You can pick up these flashes for 50, 60 bucks. You can get cheap flashes and you can also buy cheap triggers. I've been using them since 2006 when I first got into it. I bought them for $10, $15, $20. You can still buy them for around $20. I think I saw one for a newer one, N-E-E-W-E-R, for about $13 something, which is crazy. They still work. You Sometimes they don't work on certain models. I was buying them like crazy amount trying to get some that worked over a longer distance. I've still got some in a drawer somewhere. You, so you can buy these cheap triggers. All it is is a little piece that goes on your hot shoe of your camera. The other bit you attach to the bottom of your flash and they talk to each other manually. So as you click your shutter button, the flash goes off. As simple as that. But the big advantage, I've got to say though, the big advantage of this Godox setup, which is a huge advantage if you're dealing with 100 meters away, you can change your flash's settings. The settings are all done through the trigger, through the transmitter that's on your camera. Say you've got it at half and you want it to come down a little bit, you move it down from half to quarter power, which is half as much. You get less light flies out of the flash. You can just do it straight from the top of your camera. Whereas... If you're using these cheaper ones, you've got to go walkies. You've got to go up to your flash, manually change the setting and come back. It's a bit of a, it's not a big a problem if your flash is only five feet away. But if it's like, say, 100 meters, it's going to take a little longer to experiment. Anyway, next is light stand. You need a light stand that can position your light over seven feet high and still be stable. Some of them are a little shaky. If you put an umbrella on one and it's a little windy out, you're going to need some weight around the bottom of a, a light stand. If you're working inside, not a problem. The reason you want it over seven feet is if you're shooting adults. One of the favorite positions is 45 degrees to your left or right and 45 degrees down on your subject. So it's tilted down and to the side. If your stand is only six feet tall, it's not going to work because a lot of adults are 5'11". Get someone that's six foot five, six foot six or higher you're going to need a massive light stand. Plus, if you're doing this in a building, most ceilings are going to be, what, seven and a half feet? So you want it touching the ceiling, basically, with the umbrella tilted down. If you are shooting dogs, babies, or kids, you probably get away with the six-foot stand, which is fine. But you're better off just buying a seven-foot plus one, seven and a half feet, eight and a half feet. A lot of for sale now around uh, $30 mark on Amazon and eBay. It's not going to do you any harm. When they build these things to go eight and a half feet, they build it of a thicker material, a thicker metal. So just get the tallest you can for your money. Like I say, around 30 bucks, you'd be good. Anyway, like I say, get something tall. 
because you're going to need it. Next is the umbrella. Uh, umbrellas come in generally come in white, silver, gold, and have a black backing to it. And you can also get translucent. When you're shooting with the white, silver, and, and gold umbrellas, the aim is to turn your flash away from the subject and shoot the light into an umbrella so that the umbrella bounces the light back onto your subject. With a translucent one, you put the umbrella in front of the light and aim it at what part of the subject you want lit. And when it flashes, the light goes through the translucent umbrella and it gives very soft light, like I say, and it's almost like a light coming through a window. It's just beautiful and soft. And to add all this together, you need the umbrella flash bracket. This attachment fits on top of the light stand and is where you attach the flash to the cold shoe. It's got a little cold shoe on top of it to slide the flash on and lock it up. The bracket also holds the umbrella. There's a little hole that it slides through underneath the flash mount and it has a little nut that you tighten up so the umbrella doesn't slide out. And it also has a little screw on it that you loosen off and it allows you to tilt the uh, tilt and swivel the, the bracket around so you can get your flash pointing in exactly the right direction. The settings in flash manual mode are really simple. They're full, that's full power, three quarter power, half, quarter, eighth, sixteenth, thirty second, and so on. Um, basically, start off at the halfway point. If you take a shot at half power and uh, it's too bright, all you got to do is knock the power down to a quarter, take another picture. If that's still too bright, go down to an eight. Try again at sixteenth. If one sixteenth is too light, sorry, <laughs> not bright enough, jack it back up to an eighth. You can also reduce the amount. If you, if you find that one's too harsh and one's too, too dim, use the higher one, but aim it slightly away from your subject. So not all the light hits the subject. You can control by aiming. When you shoot with flash, you really don't, you really don't want to, like I say, aim directly, but with an umbrella, you can. But I always tend to aim across and I'm, I'm not hitting them with the center of my... Imagine it's a beam that's coming out of your flash through the umbrella. You don't want that beam to hit them straight in the face. I always aim it across the front of the face so it misses them. And they are getting hit with the light from the side of the umbrella sort of thing. Not all of it. Anyway, you, it's, there again, it's another thing that you play around with. And this is just one light you can do. You can do perfect pictures with just one light. There's a guy I used to follow and he his whole thing was one light and he did some amazing portraits just with one light and, and an umbrella. What was his name? Yeah, it'll come to me. I'll put it in the show notes. So that's it. That's all you need to start shooting with flash. You just you need a flash, a trigger, a light stand with a bracket and an umbrella. And then you are good to go. You can do endless amount of photo shoots with that. I wouldn't do a wedding with one, walking around with an umbrella and a stand and messing around i'd go on camera flash with that um same with events if you're walking around but for everything else if you're setting up portrait sessions family shoots whatever even if you're outside now you can use it on camera this way but i've done them like um, i've done family shoots with it where it's a bright day the light's coming in behind there's a beautiful landscape picture behind the family you expose for the background and their faces look all dark it's not a problem. You then pop a light in front of them with an umbrella on very low setting and it just gives a little pop of light and it's called fill light, F-I-L-L, fill light. And you just fill their faces with light and you've got, it's basically two pictures in one. That's what, what you're doing. You t you're exposing for the background and you light the foreground with a flash. 
Anyway, I just pop that one in. So wouldn't do it at weddings or events like I, this afternoon. We've got some sunflowers outside and I want to do want to take a picture of the sunflower during the golden hour, which is as sun's starting to set. And when you stand there and you look, the sunflowers are a little bit dim, dimly lit. So we've got a little uh, umbrella set up with a flash and I'll have it on low power and I'll just put some fill flash onto the head of the sunflower that I'm going to be taking a picture of. And we should get a nice sunset in the background if, this, if we get a good sunset tonight and the sunflower will be properly lit. All right. So there you go. Covered everything there. You really need to get into this. It's incredible what you can do. Like, I know you can mess around with Photoshop and that kind of thing, but if you're doing portraits, it's the way to go. You're in total control. It really is so easy. Anyway, I'm rambling on again. And one thing I'm doing at the moment, that's something. Every time I do a podcast now, I'm doing an article that goes along with it. So that is on my blog at 50millimeterframework.com. So give that a a read. If you need to go over what I've been spouting on about and you didn't get the accent, you'll be able to read it in uh, English on the blog. All right, so that's it for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. See you next week. Bye. Bye.